Welcome to Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever's On the Wing Podcast. Buckle up and ride shotgun as we cover everything you need to know about the uplands. The habitat. The hunting. And of course, your favorite bird dogs. All right, as I look on the western horizon, the sun is setting over mountains. There's a campfire right in front of me. To my left is Mexico. Yes, you you heard that correctly. Mexico is to the south. And, uh, and I count one, two, three, four, five llamas. Yeah, I said llamas. <laughs> and we have one, two, three, four bird dogs. We have one, two, three four, five tenths. What the heck is going on on this episode of On the Wing Podcast? You might be asking yourself. Well, our story uh, for how we got in this beautiful setting underneath a, a golden sunset starts with Matt Kaharski, chairman of the board of Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever. And I'm trying to remember which pheasant fest uh, you purchased. Now, this is not the hunt we're on, but um, three years ago, maybe it was four years ago now, you and I purchased um, a Mern's Hunt together Yep. Um, at Pheasant Fest as a fundraiser, and you made me spend more money than... I was just going <laughs> to say, I'm trying to remember which Pheasant Fest I actually had money in my pocket, because that was the one where he actually bid on, <laughs> bid on the trip. And we, we went on that hunt that was donated by Border to Border Outfitters, and, and we had a marvelous time, wonderful time chasing Merns. Uh, we actually hunted gambles and scalies too mm-hmm. i don't remember did you get all three birds species it was three years ago i can't remember yeah. i just don't i I, don't I, I recall i did yeah i but, recall you did I um but i might have put you in front of that third bird <laughs> <laughs> but so we flew down here and had just a terrific time but i, I can remember um you and i standing towards the end of the hunt on a um, hillside not unlike this one. Not unlike this at all. It, no. it was gorgeous. Same kind of weather? It's very yeah. similar weather, and you and I both remarked, this is one of the best moments, not let alone hunts, yeah. right? Moments of, of our lives. Easily the, most, easily the most beautiful country I've ever bird hunted in. Easily. And, and we, we both said, with one exception. <laughs> one exception. And what, what was that one exception? Weren't our dogs. They weren't our dogs. Yeah. Stay, and we said, we're going to do this again. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and I'm qu- I've been questioning the wisdom of this <laughs> the last three and a half days, but we're going to do this again, um, but we're going to bring our own dogs. Yep. So, listeners, ladies and gentlemen listeners, <laughs> Matt and I have uh, driven two and a half days, 20... 25, 26, 25 hours? 26 hours behind the windshield. Um, we've been through at minimum four snowstorms. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. We have we have traveled from Minnesota, Iowa, Nebraska, Kansas. We're freelancing for the Weather Channel. Now. <laughs> we, we went through Oklahoma. We went through the the pheasant capital of Texas. Yep. Do you remember the town? 
Start with an S. A Stafford? <laughs> I think it was, was Stafford. Stafford. Yeah. We and we went through New Mexico before we reached um, beautiful Arizona, and uh, we are we're we're living out a dream, really. Um, it was it was a long trip getting here, but uh, it was a nightmare getting here, but a dream now. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's wonderful. And so fast forward from that hunt, and then Wade a couple years ago. No, it was a year ago now. Just, just, just a, year a year ago. ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, we did a podcast together, virtually. Right. And that was um, about Campbell's quail. Right. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Who would have thought we'd been down here chasing Merns now, huh? <laughs> so listeners wanted to go back. I don't even know what episode number, but they could find it. It was probably February of 2021, somewhere in there. Yeah, I don't remember the time frame. <laughs> but... But we had a great conversation. And yeah. Honestly, we, we hit it off, yeah. and uh, you, were, you were kind enough to say um, you and Al talked, um, Al Iden, our Western Regional Director, and you guys threw out an option for us. A llama trip. <laughs> yeah, I've, uh... and, I still, right? <laughs> and I'm surrounded by llamas. Yeah. So throw, throw this out for the listeners, how you, how, what you uh, propositioned us. Well... So let me back it up just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so my dad, we, we had llamas growing up. He got old enough to where he didn't want to carry everything on his back. We backpacked growing up. And so he bought llamas, and he passed away probably five years ago. And I decided I'm going to go do llamas again. So I picked up two llamas, which are hard, it's hard to do now. They're, they're a tough commodity to find. Hmm. But anyway, and so. Uh, it's because of covid People want llamas at home. You know, it's just there's been there's been. There's, hey, man, I'll tell the jokes. On it. <laughs> there, there, there's just there's just been a ton of push to get back outside, and COVID huh. did drive a little really? bit of that. Sure. But it's also it's kind of where the outdoor industry is going. People want to go further back and hmm. and go into different places, and that's kind of the the reason I got into llamas. <laughs> don't want to carry their own shit. Yeah, don't want. Yeah, I mean it's a lot of stuff, and you and you yeah. when you bring in llamas, you have the comfort. I mean, we've got, we couldn't carry in enough water right. for the dogs to start with. Right. I mean, we packed in 25 gallons of water, mm-hmm. yeah. which is, that's, you add that. And you, you use know, a lot. You use a lot out here, man. Use a ton Podcasting of equipment. Exactly. So, <laughs> but, uh, so, and during that episode, I'd mentioned, hey, let's go. Would you guys be interested in doing, doing a llama hike? And I'm pretty excited. Yeah, let's go try that. And well, it escalated from two to five people. Mm-hmm. And so it's I kind of, I kind of ran out of options with <laughs> only two llamas about all the gear we had to bring in. So, so for future reference, when you invite friends that are in this industry to go on a, on a hunt with llamas, they're going to bring a videographer. With <laughs> <laughs> enter, enter Aaron Blackschmidt, a rooster road right. trip, who's been on this podcast, had, had to come along right. and document this. So our listeners, um, and I'll, I'll show a huge shout out right away to Thoroughgood Boots and Alps Outdoors. Alps supplied the tents, sleeping bags, below zero sleeping bags because it's going to be below freezing tonight, although it's beautiful right now. The bedrolls, the backpacks, we all are uh, kicking it with the official boot of Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever Thoroughgood. And about nine months from now, our Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever members will be able to watch this quail hunting llama camping trip uh, in the form of a video uh, being sponsored by Thoroughgood and Alps Outdoors. So I just wanted to shout out to them. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Very generous of them to to provide that stuff. So 
Can't imagine yeah. being out here without this stuff. No, absolutely not. These, yeah, the, and the boots are super comfortable. I don't know how long they're going to wear in this yeah. type of country, but as far as comfort, you know, I probably spent 10 days walking around in them prior to coming up here, and they're, they're really a comfortable boot. Yeah, much so. Now, wear and tear, I don't know. I don't have enough experience <laughs> in them, but I sure like them so far. They're on first base That's successfully. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 So uh, it, I kind of cut you off there. Continue on with the, the llama connection. And and so with the, the llamas, uh, it just happened at pretty close to the same time. I, I was thinking about getting rid of the llamas. Just because I wasn't using them much, I was focusing on the bird hunting and mm. and this stuff, and I and I was so I put out. Well, you know, let's see if anybody's interested in this. Well, Chris Dunn, he he called me from. Uh, he's got uh, what is it? Wilder Outdoor Llamas, Arizona Backcountry Arizona Llamas. Back llama. <laughs> you weren't Make, even close. As opposed to <laughs> as opposed to our indoor llamas. I don't know. Sorry, <laughs> but, but he, <laughs> Arizona backcountry llamas. <laughs> right. There you go. And so, and we were talking, and, and he came over and looked at my llamas, and he's like, yeah, those things are way overweight. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, yeah, that's why I'm really looking at getting somebody to use them and mm-hmm. use them a lot more. And so we have irrigated pastures, so mine never got off feed. Mm-hmm. So anyway, mm-hmm. make it short, that's where I got to know Chris and he, with his llamas, and, and it just the timing was just spectacular for all this mm-hmm. stuff. Because we ended up increasing the number of people that were coming. Yeah. And he had a string of, I don't so, know how so, many llamas well, you have. But. So I, I kind of feel like this was a plan behind the scenes the whole time. <laughs> so so, so <laughs> I, think it, I think he set the trap with those two llamas <laughs> so to is get it, me involved. So is it that old adage where if your llamas are fat, you need more exercise? Is yes. That what it yes. Is? Yeah, that's yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so, so we, we traded llamas sort of at the moment because I, I took his llamas to my house and put them on the fat farm at my place because <laughs> I don't have irrigated pasture. And so, um, and I have a couple of llamas down at his mom's house right now that, right. that um, are getting free pasture. So. <laughs> so how many llamas do you own? At the moment, I own 41. Holy cow! Yeah. And why do we bring backpacks? Yeah. yeah that, that escalated <laughs> quickly. I, I, you know, in the past, I never had more than four or five at a time, but. Yeah. Oh, 41. How llamas. much acreage do you need to have 41 llamas? You know, llamas don't take up a lot of space. I mean, they're, you know, they're not on pasture. Mm-hmm. So we're feeding them hay. So we have seven and a half acres okay. that they're on. So. Uh, <laughs> and are they all trained to pack in? Are there some of them just like, I don't know. We have, we have some, or? we have some babies that haven't been pat you know trained yet and uh, our females most of them have at least gone out and done hikes hikes you know they're lead trained and stuff like that and the males are all the adult males are all pack trained hmm. yep so and so part of it for the pr- purpose of the llamas is to pack in right you can carry a lot more but the other part from a strategic perspective quail hunting perspective weight it's we're getting back farther than the normal day hunter yeah. is going to leap off from right yeah absolutely we're probably on the edge of the more aggressive foot hunters you know this is probably about where they'd stop mm. right so now we have miles to the west that probably haven't been touched you know at least this year and probably since uh, and we're in an area where there aren't any roads mm-hmm. coming in here so uh we definitely should set us up for a really good hunt coming moving forward well i didn't mention out of the beginning we're at the coronado national forest right and uh, my assumption is everything I'm looking around us is the national forest. It is. In public land as far as the eye can see. Oh, absolutely. Until Mexico is over there somewhere. Right. 
yeah. and then it's not public land anymore. Right. <laughs> I mean, and there there are in holdings within here, and that's yeah. why you know the Onyx or those map applications yeah. yep. are so important here uh, because you do have in holdings, and and usually when you come in the backside. I, there's enough public land in Arizona. I don't even hunt private land. Mm. Even if it's not posted correctly sure. and all that, there's just not really a need to do that. Yeah. And so I, I tend to respect those boundaries quite a bit, regardless of whether they're legally posted or not. So I use that Onyx a lot to just you know make sure that I'm on the public land. You know. Yeah. Uh, we've all been using onyx um we we used it to get to the trailhead oh i dropped a pin for you for yeah. scale quail a, you dropped a pin <laughs> yeah. for us um yeah I didn't, which realize, was, I didn't realize onyx had pins where the quail were <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not shareable though <laughs> that's right it is not shareable but you uh, tried nope no. okay all right i just want to make sure <laughs> well he was navigating and it's like oh you got to use my phone because i can't forward it to you He's like okay all right here we go but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, on our way here, one of the two and a half days, we did stop in south, let's see, it would be southeast New Mexico, and uh, just another beautiful, beautiful spot. Southeast Arizona. I'm sorry, it's yeah. southeast Arizona. Yeah. We're just over the Me- right. New Mexico border. Um, sorry, my state's sort of blend Well, they blend after a while. Those road trips get a little long. Um, and, and we only have an Arizona license. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's even more important to point yeah, out. Right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we did have uh, a spectacular hunt after our dogs were yeah. in the kennel for two and a half days. You know, you, you put us, uh, again, another public land spot. And we had uh, a covey of scale quail on point um, 50 yards from the truck. It was just, which, you know, circles back to the beginning. Um, and what I'm really excited about for tomorrow is, you know, will our dogs figure out the merns? Right. Um, I was certainly, every time you go to a new uh, terrain with a new bird, you know, it's a head scratcher. Are, are my dogs never smelled a scaled quail before? Are they going to know what the heck they're doing? And by golly. You know, yeah, dogs, you know, a point in honors 50 yards from the yes. truck. Pretty impressive. And it, thankfully, Matt connected because <laughs> I, to- <laughs> I totally flock shot. <laughs> I got that. I got that straggler bird. Yeah, <laughs> good. good. The sleeper, the sleeper. Which, which then I learned about the sleeper bird. And, and then I, we, I evened it up with We each took two scalies. Oh, perfect. But it was, it was wonderful. So thank you for, for providing that. Oh, absolutely. Um, and so it, it goes without saying, uh, I'll insert the Onyx commercial here, a sponsor of uh, the <laughs> podcast um, and a national sponsor of Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever. Download the app risk-free for a seven-day trial and use the code QUAIL or use the to- code PHEASANTS and you get 20% off at onyx.com so thanks very much uh to onyx i want to ask a couple more questions about llamas can you feel the temperature drop i'm like i'm thinking <laughs> how can i sneak away to get my jacket as soon as the sun the same thing. <laughs> we've got we've got a fan a campfire um smoking smoldering the sun is setting and the temperature is falling um llamas where are llamas from uh, llamas are uh, now native to South America, but they actually evolved in North America originally. And there are places near where I live where you can find fossilized llama footprints and bones and things like that. They went extinct here about 10,000 years ago. Hmm. But um, now all the llamas we have in North America were 
pretty much imported in the last 70 years or something like that. You can't really import llamas from anywhere else. So it's we're, we have our own mutt breed of llamas going on in North America. Huh. And, you know, I, I think about um, the first time I remember getting llamas connected to hunting in my mind, it was Randy Newberg, right. um, who you went to college with, if I remember correctly. We went to, uh, he went to... He was going to ASU, and I was going to DeVry at the time. But we were roommates and ran around way too much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and is that part of the interest? Uh, kind of people have seen it for elk hunting, and is a little bit of growth happening in demand for llama hunting, using yeah. llamas in hunting? I mean, I got into llamas over 25 years ago. My wife and I are big backpackers since we were children. We didn't start, we weren't children together. But, um, <laughs> you know, we were big backpackers. So by the time we were 30, we were already kind of getting bad knees because back in those days you had to, you were carrying 50-pound packs all the time and stuff. And we saw some llamas when we were backpacking the Wind Rivers in Wyoming. And, man, we got to get some of those. And so we went out and found a couple llamas. And two weeks later I had them on an elk hunt. Huh. And, uh you know, that was 1995. Really? And been doing it ever since. We raised our kids on llamas in the backcountry. When the kids were a little too small to ride on our back in a backpack, or too big to ride on our back, but too small to keep up, mm-hmm. I put one of these little plastic bicycle seats that you put yeah. on the back of your bike. I s- screwed one of those onto a llama saddle. That's cool. And they rode the llamas, you know. And, and so when my daughter was, ten, my oldest daughter was 10 years old, we counted up. She'd been on over 50 llama pack trips. Mm-hmm. Well, in that 50, that's incredible. Yeah. So we, we, we've, we've been in the llamas for a long time, and we just recently, you know, needed to get some new llamas, and I contacted Bo Beatty, who is friends with Randy, and, you know, you see Bo's llamas on there all the time. And um, all of a sudden, I have 41 llamas. Wow. Because <laughs> so, demand has escalated that he, he actually, he says, I can't sell you any packers. The demand is too high. He has a list of over 200 people looking for pack wow. llamas. And uh, he said, I'll sell you some females. And, uh, you know, you can start breeding your own pack llamas. And so that's what we're doing now. And we've picked up a few other packers here and there. And so we have a, a pretty good thing going on. But um, there's huge demand. And certainly when what he was saying that the, the, the movement towards people going into the backcountry farther and families, um, they make everything so much more yeah. comfortable. So to explain <clears throat> how they pack, because for folks that maybe haven't been on a horseback before, you know, they, they, maybe, hey, well, how is a llama going to really help you get into yeah, the backcountry? Well, first off, you know, llamas easily can carry 70 or 80 pounds. Hmm. You know, that's that's kind of what our standard load is, between 70 to 80 pounds per llama. You don't ride them. People go, oh, you ride them? No, they're, they're not quite big enough for us to Guilty. ride. Guilty. When, <laughs> when, when right. Wade first invited us at a llama quail hunting camping trip, I called Matt and like, we're going to ride llamas into the backcountry. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I, that's what I thought, too. Yeah, I mean, the llamas are going to be 350 to 400 pounds, you know, so carrying a 200-pound guy is... It's pushing the limits a bit. It's like 180. Come on. <laughs> I thought I was being nice at 200. <laughs> wow. wow. I'm only five foot six. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But uh, if your I was, mama's overweight. I know. By the way, I was, I was talking about Al, not you. <laughs> so, um, but um, so, and you just lead them. And, they, you know, you put a, a pack saddle on there that's kind of the sawbuck saddle pack saddle. lots of different varieties. And you hang some paniers on there and. And you just lead them down the trail, and they follow. I, I took a couple guys out on a coos deer hunt a few weeks ago, and the one guy who is like a horse guy and everything else, 
He goes, I feel like I'm just carrying a rope all day. Huh. Like they never pull. They're just, they're so good. And I'm like, yeah, a good llama should be your shadow. You know, mm-hmm. they'll just follow you along. And they're super easy to deal with. You, you untie them, you can stake them out or tie them to a tree, leave them in camp. And they just, they just hang out. They're not afraid of, you know, I can take a deer head and stick it in front of their face. And they just, Man. they doesn't bother them at all. You know, they're, they're just really, really calm. Very, very sure-footed. Um, pack animals are great well we had four dogs today too right Mm -hmm. and that was the first introduction three of those dogs had ever seen llamas and i mean there was no llamas weren't kicking them around or nothing they just adjust to things so quickly you know they really easy to train three of these llamas here were wild llamas less than two years ago yeah and so they you know i trained them up and they're good packers now so i can very easily see why you would want a llama or a couple of llamas on an elk hunt uh, to pack out an elk. Oh, yeah. Right? So that that has me, like, I got big eyes on how many merns we're going to shoot this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the, the way Wade is, Wade just puts a spot on a map and you're yeah, in that's right, that's right. I'm, you know? I'm still waiting for him to send that to So <laughs> I'm so, waiting to find him first and <laughs> I'll send you the pin. <laughs> so I could tell. I can tell Matt's getting cold. Do you want to go get a sweatshirt? Yes, I do. Don't go ahead. I mean, I was going to ask if the llamas will come in the tent with <laughs> well, us and cuddle. Well, we, we won't uh, go into the wee hours, but I can tell the temperature has dropped probably, what do you think, 10 oh, degrees, 15? 15 degrees probably. I mean, it's it's definitely, everybody's departing. <laughs> I know where uh, I've done podcasts uh, on Rooster Road Trip outdoors, so I, I thought ahead of time to have, do you need to put a sweatshirt? Well, I will, but I'm going to wait till somebody <laughs> yeah, else funnels back into the conversation before I before I go, go and grab my sweatshirt. So yeah, yeah. grab a jacket. So what I wanted to ask you is um, – Tell us about what we're going to be doing tomorrow. Set the stage for the hunt. So we basically have we you know we've came, we came we have didn't come in a long ways. We came in probably three miles, right? We have all our water and stuff here. So from here we'll we've got all the food, so everybody's can make a lunch tomorrow, you know. And we'll take off from here and we'll hunt all day with the dogs. Mm-hmm. And we've got plenty of water and we'll find water along as we go, and then we'll just hike these hills and hopefully find some Mern's quail. Yeah. I mean, the habitat's good here. Uh, It's kind of been a weird year in Arizona. Uh, We had really uh, dry conditions after we had really good monsoons. So hoping, you know, we're going to have a good production of of Mern's quail. Mm -hmm. And and I was out the first week, and and there was diggings and all the sign you were looking for. But there was no heart, no breeze, really dry, and the dogs were just struggling to Mm -hmm. find birds. But the sign was there. And it wasn't just me. I talked to, you know, a lot, a lot of people. It wasn't just my poor dogs. It was everybody's poor dogs. <laughs> so, but, it, I mean, it just, uh, it was really tough. And then as we got some rain and some moisture, the reports are starting to come in that people are finding more more birds. And the birds, interesting thing is they're finding full coveys. Hmm. So meaning the reproduction was up. Okay. And so now their birds are just, and the grass is tall this year. We had record monsoons. And we're walking through probably, I don't know, easy three-and-a-half-foot grass huh. I mean, uh-huh. when right, we're out right. there. And so it's – it's. Uh, I think you have to have a lot more wind blowing through when they have that type of cover. That's just my personal feeling, you okay. know. Okay. But uh, so tomorrow we'll, we'll do that, and then uh, the day after that we'll spend a half day kind of doing the same thing. There's a – there's a pond that I'm going to jump some ducks. And, <laughs> and yes, have ducks some, in Arizona. Ducks in Arizona. It is fun. I mean, I always encourage people when they come down, they're going to come quail hunting. There's a lot of these dirt tanks, mm. you know, and uh, 
you know, if you got your federal duck stamp and your Arizona stamp, you can go out and, and just, and non-toxic shot. Mm-hmm. You can jump these tanks, and it's just kind of a bonus, you know, mm. as you're going through. And, it and kind how of, frequently will you actually find ducks in uh, these tanks? This time of year, pretty often. Well, okay, well. Yeah, pretty well. often. And the nice thing about hunting, the jumping the tanks here in Arizona is you don't know what you're going to get. I mean, you can get mallards or teal or pintail or canvasbacks or di- I mean, I mean, it just... All across, uh, uh, widgeons are pretty common mm-hmm. this time of year. So that's just kind of an added bonus, you sure. know, when you're down here. Kind of mix it up a little bit. So I'll put a decoy on my backpack. There you go. <laughs> I thought you were just going to get a jacket. You get a parka. Uh, you get a. I feel so much better. You both have a, you get a stocking caps. My goodness, gloves. How cold is it going to get tonight, Chris? You spent below, last night. It'll get below freezing tonight for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, water was frozen pretty good last night. Ground was frozen solid, but it's, what was it today? Probably 58, 59 degrees. Yeah, it was close to 60 today. Like an hour ago. Yeah, like an hour ago. That that turns (laughs) out drop like a rock. You'll see it probably, yeah, 30 degree drop tonight. So, do you, can anybody um, make a 25 hour trip down here and expect to find success on, on Mern's Quail? Yeah, it's not it's not as easy as just jumping right. out of the truck, right? I right. mean, you've got to put some miles on uh, your dogs. You you will wear your pads out on the dogs if you're putting a lot of miles and they're not used to the rocky terrain. Uh, and so you got to be pretty conscious of that when you're down here. But the birds are here. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of effort and time to put in and to, and to do and, it. And knowing the the ha- proper habitat type, right? You know, it's because it seems like they're not just everywhere, right? You know. Right the other in. thing is <clears throat> that I think automatically is um, the per- the human beings have to be prepared for this country too. That right. as much as the dogs, it's like this is um, this is a workout. Don't it come is. don't come uh, with a six pack. And I right. mean, <laughs> you're not going to drink a lot of beers at Mern's camp. No, no. Well, not unless you bring llamas. <laughs> <laughs> you can pack in all the beer you want. True. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you know, and that, that's a beautiful thing about Arizona is that Merns may not be up in one year, right? But then you can get into scale quail or gambles, and and I know we're on a Merns, but it's important to people to be flexible when they come to Arizona, right? If the Merns numbers on up, go hunt gambles or scale quail. Yeah. You know, try something different. You know, you don't have to just. I know it's kind of a uh, kind of a. What are your life list birds? For sure, a lot it's of a people. romantic. I mean, yeah. especially as we talked about. And I think I know I talked about it with uh, Kirby Bristow on the podcast right. we did about Merns, and I think I talked about it with you about Gambles. It's Merns uh, is the superstar of the Instagram set right. in the Upland community, right? Like everybody in Instagram, um, December, January, February wants to get to Arizona and chase these beautiful Merns quail in this, yeah, I mean, second and none setting. Right. You know, I, I don't know that you can find a better aesthetic. I mean, there's an awful lot of beautiful places to hunt upland birds. I think there it, are, you know, yeah. Hell's Canyon, Montana. Um, you know, there, there's a but, but I'll you know, I just look around and I don't know if you can beat Mern's country in Arizona. It's about as good as it gets. But um, um, you know, it it, it it it's a it, it can be a bucket list, but it doesn't have to be a once in a lifetime. Oh no! And you know, there's so much to do 
in Arizona. You know, you, it's a, you could make it a family deal. Mm-hmm. You know, right. there's a lot of wine tasting and stuff like that around the Sonoida area, all through Arizona. There's, I mean, it's just, you can golf mm-hmm. a day and then go. Why go would anybody there's, go golfing? There's well, Saguaro you know National I mean? Park. There's oh, yeah. the Snort Desert Museum. There's all kinds of family things to do in the Tucson area as well. Yeah, so. yeah. so it's, I mean, it, it is, and but Mern's country is special. There's no doubt about it. I mean, there's. Not very many places I know of where you have these rolling oak savannas right. in this type of with the extreme topography. You know, and you look across and you think that's just a rolling hill, but it's not a rolling hill. It's kind of a mountain when you get up yeah. there. I mean, you're out of breath and you work. There's you work a lot to going get to on th- when you get up there, too. Yeah, yeah. Lots of rocks, tall grass, ankle support is a huge deal. Yeah, I know, man. Because you, you're, you, don't, you can't see your feet a lot of the time. Yeah. And you'll roll it on these granite yeah, it's rocks. Yeah, You look across and you think you're looking at just like a, a rolling prairie. like, But you get under there and oh, yeah. you're going to turn an ankle for yeah. sure. And bonus, no snakes. <laughs> this time of year yep. anyways, yep. right? Right. Well, all right. I'm going to go around the horn and do closing thoughts. I'll start with you, Chris. Before I do, um, I'll, one more final shout out um, to Alps Outdoors, as I mentioned uh, one of the sponsors of this podcast and uh, the film that we're going to be doing here. Uh, but they're also the sponsor of the Hunter Mentor Pledge. It's critically important that we pass along our passion for, for hunting and our conservation ethic. And all of our listeners, we're challenging you to take the Hunter Mentor Pledge, sponsored by Alps Outdoors at Pheasants Forever or quailforever.org slash mentor pledge take the pledge to introduce somebody that doesn't look like you that's not related to you and take the pledge to be their mentor and mentor them into hunting the outdoors into conservation all right chris mention your business name again and i'm going to ask you one more question before your closing thoughts but go ahead and um, what's your business is so arizona backcountry llamas we're on instagram facebook and then also just arizona llamas.com is our website and then me personally i'm close range hunter on uh, (laughs) on instagram as well and have you been getting more interest in quail oriented pack llama trips or is this sort of the beta test that we're well, on this is the beta test i you know i didn't know there was an interest in doing that kind of stuff <laughs> until somebody called me and said hey you want to do that and um I, I was i definitely we love my wife and i love the arizona trail and it goes through this area in southern arizona it's beautiful and we're working to get a permit to start doing guided trips down here. And when we do that, I'll be getting a, a hunting guiding permit as well. So um, right. we'll, we'll be able to do some guided trips. I've just got to get Wade to retire from his job and bring his dogs down. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, oh, so I shouldn't be waiting for a llama to point a covey. We could try. <laughs> the, uh, if they could see them, they'll see them. They're very, very observant. They'll, they'll spot stuff. And you're like, what are they looking at? Say that as a llama staring me down right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a lot of country in Arizona with, that is wilderness areas mm. that hold birds. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, they're, they're, it's an untapped resource that yeah. these llamas would be perfect to get in there with your dogs and go hunt birds that have never been hunted. Mm. And I, I've hunted merns where they've never been hunted before. 
and that is amazing. Mm. They're the hardest things to hit because they only fly like 10 feet. Mm. They'll jump up and they'll just drop right to the ground. So by the time you get your gun up, they're already on the ground. And it's just, it's it's an unbelievable experience. Well, but, that's a great point for f- somebody that doesn't know a lot about Merns or didn't listen to the Merns episode. One of the beautiful things about Merns is... You know, the only thing I can compare them to are Timberdoodle or Woodcock in terms mm-hmm. of a tight holding upland bird. Like they're, in theory, because <laughs> we haven't seen it happen with our dogs yet, <laughs> as I look at Matt, but in theory, um, they should be just fantastic for pointing dogs. Yeah, they are. They're amazing for pointing. They, they will let a dog get uh, right within two feet of them you know mm. and they'll the dogs will be locked on right on the birds <laughs> and when dogs. they come up <laughs> when they come up that is one of the biggest thrills in upland honey yeah is that that cubby rise the only thing is uh that i would compare it to because i haven't hunted bob whites mm. but uh hungarian partridge mm-hmm. when you get that that big burst and they blow up in every different directions yeah it's like shooting popcorn yeah and that's <laughs> that's how these are but they seem to be really fast mm-hmm. and smaller <laughs> not that i can hit either one but i mean it's just they're they are a really good uh, uh bird for dogs to hunt pointing dogs and do people do hunt them with flushing dogs okay and so yeah, and, and they can definitely flushing dogs do fine on them you just have to be able to keep up with your dogs in this type of country right. Right. and that's that's the difficult part with mm. a flushing dog what are you hoping for tomorrow i'm hoping we get into three cubbies each group okay I think, and the cubbies should be big. So, I mean, I'm hoping that we all come out with two or three birds. I mean, that's to be realistic about (laughs) things. Not to put any pressure on or anything. (laughs) Matt, 25 hours, two and a half days. What are you hoping for? Well, first of all, I didn't have to go 25 hours in a shot like you did. I I did. I had a week in Nebraska. I did pick you up midway. Yeah, that was good. You know. Well, just what Wade said, you know, um, getting the dogs some experience on a, on a new bird, you know, walking big air, you mm-hmm. know, this is just my, my thing. I just love to look at the habitat, love to learn about new birds, love to watch the dogs work, lo- learn from experts and get new experiences. And that's, uh, so for me, the 25 hour drive has already been worth it from that standpoint. Mm-hmm. Plus, we got a couple of scalies yesterday. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, the scalies were awesome. Um, for folks, I'm sorry you got to wait nine months or so to watch, but the parade of llamas uh, and bird dogs <laughs> and guys with backpacks and blaze orange, um, I don't know how many miles back we are, but that parade, and there's some drone footage that will be in the film. Um, I was giggling. That's pretty funny. Like a nine-year-old on Christmas morning, like uncontrolled giggling, like just this is already incredibly memorable. You know, it's a beautiful setting. I know I'm going to get my ass kicked by the terrain tomorrow. (laughs) We walked uh, an hour today and I'm tired. Yeah. And and, uh, the llamas. So, Wade, thank you so much for the invitation. No, absolutely. Uh, It's already, um, you know, absolute home run. Uh, good yeah no doubt about it well i'm glad chris could we kind of filled in for the the lack of llamas and i mean it's 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 pretty neat to have llamas be able to carry in this gear you wouldn't be able to do this without the llamas yeah we're in here in the water we're in the back country we got chairs we got tables we got a big stove we got all this we got steaks yeah tomorrow night nice oh and potatoes we don't do the dehydrated potatoes no these are baked potatoes on the campfire you know so it's that's the beauty of llamas is you can 
I, I have a bad habit of bringing away too much stuff personally. <laughs> <laughs> Living right. Arizona Backcountry Llamas. Or ArizonaLlamas.com is the website. Yep. Perfect. Thank you. Thanks for doing this, Chris. You're welcome. It's it's great. You know, I'm, I'm sort of reconnecting with with a lot of different aspects of the hunting world now, and this is a great, great thing. Yeah. Well, um, I'm very excited for tomorrow. I know one thing. I'm going to follow the dog if I can. <laughs> it's going to be a blast. Uh, for, to, for Thoroughgood Boots and Alps Outdoors, I'm Bob St. Pierre um, saying tune back in for next week's podcast because we're going to record after whatever happens tomorrow. Um, so hopefully we'll be talking about uh, limits. Immer- well, probably not limits. Immer- <laughs> hopefully my dog's going to go on point and I can shoot one. That's all I want, Matt. Shoot Just one. one. Just one. Till then, I'm Bob St. Pierre reminding you to always follow the dog. Something good will rise. Thanks for listening. Hey, everybody. Join me. I'm Hank Shaw, author of five different cookbooks focused on fish and wild game, including pheasant, quail, cottontail, as well as the website Hunter, Angler, Gardener, Cook. I'm going to be at the National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic coming up in Omaha, Nebraska on the weekend of March 11th. I'm super excited to be doing a seminar on how you can get more out of your upland game birds, and I'm also going to be cooking some awesome pheasant and quail dishes that you can sample on the cooking stage at Pheasant Fest. And at the main banquet, I'll be delivering a talk called Drumstick Diplomacy. This is where I'm going to connect my passion for wild foods and upland game bird hunting with Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever's mission to preserving the future of hunting and the future of habitat for not only the game birds that we chase, but also for the environments themselves. Join me at National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic by picking up tickets at pheasantfest.org. That is pheasantfest, all one word, dot org. See you there.